Welcome back to the On The Ball Podcast. Now, I want to talk about the two Game 7s that took place uh, yesterday. And uh, the Denver Nuggets played the Trailblazers, and the 76ers played the Raptors. Raptors and Nuggets were both at home. Um, I'll, I'll st- we'll start with the Nuggets and Trailblazers Game 7. That was an insane game. Uh, both games were really entertaining, but the Nuggets and Trailblazers game was really interesting because uh, Damian Lillard was really, really bad from, like, shooting from a scoring perspective. Um, he was not able to score. He, he shot terribly. Um, and CJ McCollum really picked up the slack. He was phenomenal yesterday. He had the best game of his career, had 37 points. He was fantastic. Um, and he shot a good percentage. Um, he shot around 50%. Had, I think he had 16 buckets, which is really fantastic. Um, didn't make that many threes, and he was killing it from mid-range, which is supposedly a terrible shot now. Uh, but he was killing it, and Lillard was just not able to impact the game offensively. He did have, like, eight or nine rebounds, um, and McCollum had a bunch of rebounds as well, so he Lillard was still able to um, impact the game in that. In the rebounding category, he also had, he had a bunch of assists, so... He did. He was able to have a big impact on the game. He just he could not get a bucket to save his life. Um, and then Rodney Hood goes out late in the game. Um, and then like it's crazy now that it's like wow Rodney Hood is injured. Um, and that's a, he he's become a huge part of the Trailblazers' success in this series. He saved them in game game five when they went to the fourth overtime. He was he killed it. And the fourth overtime, he had like 25 points in that game. He was spectacular. And one thing that was really interesting is against it was like a, a 12, was it a nine point game at halftime? And the the Trailblazers were struggling in the first half. They they weren't they couldn't get anything clicking on offense. The Denver Nuggets really had a, a great defensive game plan for that in game seven. They had they like kept playing screens like they would pressure they would play high on screens and they were trying to put a lot of pressure on Damian Lillard uh, they were they were playing him tight they put a lot of pressure on him uh, and they kept him from shooting these deep threes and he's been able to hit in the playoffs they were not giving that they were not letting him be able to shoot from three feet behind the three-point line nah that no the Nuggets were not cool with that so they, they had him on lock and Yo- Nikola Jokic was fantastic. He was really nice. He was hitting threes, uh, posting up. Like he 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 had a really nice day. Uh, but his teammates, just like Jamal Murray, he's inconsistent, and so he wasn't as good as you would like him to be. I mean, you would just like him to be a little more consistent than he has been. Uh, but that's who Jamal Murray is, really. He's inconsistent. Some games he's really really good. Other games he's just not. Um, and so it's, it's kind of it's kind of like a roller coaster ride with him on your team. But I'm looking at the box score right now. I mean, Nikola Jokic had 29 points. Um, that's that's really good. Um, shot 11 to 26. And then let's look at his teammates. So Paul Millsap was really really bad. Um, he did have three blocks, which is nice. But he only had 10 points, seven rebounds, and he shot 3 to 13. So Millsap could have been a lot better. Um, Torrey Craig has been phenomenal in the playoffs. He had 8 points, 8 rebounds. He's become a key role player for them. Nikola Jokic had 29 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, only 2 assists, which is pretty low for him. 
Uh, he's averaging, like, a near triple-double for the entire playoffs. I mean, he's been, like, uh, the third-best player in the playoffs, arguably, maybe even second. He's been he's been so good in the playoffs. And then Jamal Murray, 17 points, shot 4 of 18 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. He, had, he made all of his nine free throws, so that's nice. Um, and he also had six rebounds and five assists. So, even though he didn't shoot the ball well, he was able to do some nice things on the court. And then Gary Harris shot 7 for 11 from the field, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. He was nice. He had a good, a good, game, a good game. Um, nobody else really did anything. Will Barton had 8 points in 20 minutes. Um, he needs to be a little bit better than that. Um, and then as a team, the Nuggets shot 37%, which is not good. That's got to be better. And they shot 10.5% from the 3-point line. That's really, really bad. Um, the Nuggets were a lot better from like all shooting splits. And like Lillard shot 3 of 17. He made 3 shots. Um, and I really like the way that Lillard deferred to McCollum. Like, he was fine with letting McCollum just ball out. Um, and in the end, when McCollum was just straight up ice-swimming at the end to really, when the when the Trailblazers were up, uh, they were up two. And then McCollum goes to work, hits the mid-range shot. Lillard's, like, standing in the corner. Like, he's not even a part of the offense. And I really liked the way he handled it. He He didn't even, like, in the post-game press conference, he wasn't really, like, he didn't have an attitude. Um, he wasn't, like, a me-first type of guy. He didn't say anything like, yo, this is still my team. No, he was really, I liked the way he handled it. He showed a lot of good character. Uh, with the way this game went, and the way McCollum just really took over and made it his game. Um, Enos Cantor had 12 points, 13 rebounds. He was nice. He's been really good in the playoffs. Like, he's actually been playable, which is kind of surprising because he's not a good defender. Um, he's not a good rim protector. But he's been really nice for the Trailblazers with Yusuf Nurkic's absence in the playoffs. He's been nice. Um, Aminu sucked. Aminu was terrible. Like, he kept taking shots like he's Kobe in the first quarter. And I was like, okay, Aminu, like, give up the ball. Uh, and he was awful. And then Maurice Harkless, 3 of 5 for 6 points. Who else had a good game? I know, what's his name? Evan Turner was so good. Like, uh, the Trailblazers were like, yo, Turner, please, can you leave the offense? Um, he, had not, he played 19 minutes, 3 of 7. 14 points. He had nine free throws. Like, he was getting to the rack. Um, he, he had a nice game. Really, really nice. And it, he led, he was, like, really the main, fo like, the focal point of the offense for a couple minutes late in the second half. Um, he was nice. Seth Curry didn't really do anything. He had zero points. Um, Zach Collins. Zach Collins actually did a nice job uh, defending Nikola Jokic. Because, I mean, like, I know Nikola Jokic had 29 points, but, you know, there's so, only so much he can do, so I, I feel like he's kind of held, he held his own a little bit in this game defensively. He had five rebounds, seven points. Zach Collins, he's so good, uh, or not so good, but he's he's really good. He's a solid player, um, and I like the. I wish they would use him a little bit more because I feel like he could be useful in the series, or he could he could have been more useful in the series, and he could be uh, useful in the playoffs. Um, but like. In the second half, I don't know what the Nuggets were doing. Like, they just, I wish they would have, like, they need to be more consistent. Um, everyone around Nikola Jokic 
just needed to shoot better. I mean, no one really shot well from three. Um, like, no, like, no, did anybody, no one even hit a three besides Nikola Jokic. And they can't have that. Um, so that's really a big reason for why they lost. Uh, Jokic was phenomenal. Uh, but their shooting is really, really what killed them in this game. And then they could not stop McCollum. Like, they couldn't even do any. They could not hold him for, like, anything. He was getting buckets, and he killed it yesterday. I mean, like, McCollum had nine rebounds. And Lillard had ten. You can't win in game seven when you're getting out-rebounded like they did. I mean, they allowed 55 rebounds. Um, and then allowing 19 from the backcourt of the opposing team, that, that's really bad. Uh, you can't do that. You can't do that and expect to win a Game 7. Um, I mean, even at home, like, it would have been worse if they were on the road. But anyway, that's all I got to say about that game. Now I want to talk about the Raptors 76ers Game 7 because that was a spectacular game. And I don't know how long this podcast episode will be. It probably won't be that long because I'm not going to talk about it a lot. But... This game was so interesting, because in the beginning, this game was terrible. Like, it was awful. Both teams couldn't hit anything. Like, it was awful. Um, and, like, I think it was, was it 6-6 six to six with four minutes to go in the first quarter? I feel like that's right. I, I feel like I heard that, um, which is really surprising. Like, neither team could, like, could hit the ocean. Like, they could, they could have shot the ball into the ocean, and they would have missed. That's how bad each team shot last night, early in the first half. Um, but then they kind of kept, they picked it up a little bit. And Kawhi Leonard was phenomenal. He had, like, his signature game. This really solidified his spot as a superstar in the league. Like, if you didn't think that, if you did not believe that Kawhi was a superstar, you did after this game. He was spectacular. And I don't know how the Raptors were able to win this game, because, like, Every, no one like no one wants anything to do with the basketball and offense. No one wants to do anything. Kawhi Leonard is literally their only guy, their only reliable player on offense. Um, he's taking the, all these difficult mid-range shots. Like the 76ers were double and triple teaming him at times, and he was still just like, "Get out of my way, and I'm gonna carry carry us to a, a victory." And he was taking some tough shots, hitting some tough shots. Um, he did take 39 shots. And really, I was fine with that. I'm fine with him taking 39 shots. Because he's that good. Um, he shot 16 to 39. 2 of 9 from 3. 7 8 from the free throw line. He was really nice. Um, and with him, it's crazy how good he's become offensively. Because he's also one of the... He's the best defender on the Raptors team. So they really rely on him heavily on defense. And he was great. Marcus Saul also did a nice job defensively against Joel Embiid, which is surprising. Um, Gasol wasn't able to do much offensively, but he really did a nice job of defending Embiid, who played Embiid played 45 minutes, and which is really confusing. I don't know why the 76ers or why Brett Brown doesn't play like Marjanovic for a little bit more, or why why he doesn't like play Ben Simmons at center for a few minutes and have T.J. McConnell play part guard because T.J. McConnell didn't play uh, for some reason. I don't know why they don't play McConnell more. It would add, like, some variety into their offense. It would give them a point guard who can at least, who isn't afraid to shoot the ball from the four-point line. So I thought that was really interesting. 
um, T.J. McConnell should not be, like, he should not, like, have a DMP in a Game 7. You gotta play him a little bit. Um, he's a nice player. And with it, Ben Simmons not being able to shoot, he would have been nice in this game. It would have been nice to have T.J. McConnell give you some nice minutes, maybe hit a few shots, hit some threes. Um, but yeah, for some reason, they, they didn't do that. Danny Green played 30 minutes. He didn't really do all that much. He got he shot the ball three times. And I feel like Danny Green should be getting more opportunities than that. Because he's played in more big-time games than any other player on the court. So I don't know why he was only getting three shots in a game seven. Kyle, Kyle Lowry was terrible offensively. But he's been terrible this entire playoffs offensively. He's so passive. Like, there's times in the playoffs where he has, like, an open shot. He's not wide open, but he's open, and he just passes it, and he's, like, like the entire Raptors team was playing hot potato, and, like, what's his name? Siakam even played a little bit of hot, hot potato at times. He didn't have a great game, but I can understand. I can, I'll give him a pass because he's young. He's just now coming into his own. He did have 11 rebounds, so that's nice. Um, but he's just now coming into his own, so I'll give him a pass for that. Uh, but Kyle Lowry's an all-star. Like, he was an all-star this season, so I don't know what, why he's underperforming and he's playing so passively. It, it makes no sense. And Serge Ibaka was fantastic offensively. Like, without him, I don't think the Raptors win. He had 17 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 5 from three-point range. Like, he had a couple of big threes. I mean, he was huge in this game. And like, and then I'll get to the I'll get to the ending of the game in a little bit. I want to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Embiid played way too many minutes. Uh, like he played over 30 minutes over 30 minutes in the first three quarters. Like he needs some rest. He's like moving around like he's like he's like running through molasses in the second half because Brett Brown's running him into the ground. He plays too many minutes in the regular season. Brett Brown doesn't know how to manage his minutes correctly. And so he's dog-tired. He can barely jump for a rebound in the fourth quarter. And, like, just play play Ben Simmons at center. Like I said, Simmons, it, it's so weird the fit with Ben Simmons. Um, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But, like, play Ben Simmons at center since he can't shoot. Play T.J. McConnell at point guard for a few minutes. And I think that could, that would be a really nice dynamic for them. Um, but I don't know why they didn't do that. Like, look at the look at these minutes. The, the distribution of minutes is awful. Uh, Tobias Harris, 42 minutes. Joel Embiid, 45 minutes. Ben Simmons, 42 minutes. Jimmy Butler, 43 minutes. JJ Redick, 40 minutes. Mike Scott, 11 minutes. James Ennis, 14 minutes. Greg Monroe, 2 minutes. Bold, Jonathan Bowden didn't play. Jonathan Simmons didn't play, which, I mean, he used to be a, be a solid player. I don't know why they didn't, why they didn't play him. Boban Marjanovic didn't play, and T.J. McConnell did not play. So, like, their minutes distribution sucks. And Brett Brown cannot coach. Uh, I don't want to hear anybody call him a good coach because he didn't. And, like, late in the game when it's, it's like a two-point game, I literally told my stepdad, I was like, if they, if, if the 76ers draw up a good play here, I will legit, like, streak in my neighborhood. I'll go outside, run around naked, because I was that confident that Brett Brown 
is so just incompetent as a head coach that he wasn't going to draw up a good play. And, of course, they didn't draw up a good play at all. Um, they just, they, I, I was expecting them to draw up some, like, 200 IQ play to get a bucket because they needed the bucket. It's, like, less than a minute left. Uh, but no. Um, and then, obviously, in the end of the game, uh, who was it? Kawhi Leonard gets fouled uh, with up being up two. He hits the first free throw, misses the last, the second free throw. Uh, no, actually, they were up one. Is that right? I kind of forgot the situation, but Joel and, but Kawhi Leonard hit a free throw to put the Raptors up two, and then uh, Jimmy Butler on the missed free throw takes it, and it looks like he might try to go for a dagger three, but he drives in. Here's the layup. Um, I thought they might call a foul. I'm glad they didn't. And then he ties it up. And then, of course, Kawhi Leonard. Everyone knows the ball is going to Kawhi Leonard. They should have just, like, legit triple-teamed him. Like, he should not have touched the basketball. And the 76ers should have, like, they should have had Ben Simmons and, and like, Tobias Harris defending Kawhi Leonard. Don't let him touch the basketball. Of course he does. He takes this crazy shot where he's, like, falling out of bounds. And Joel Embiid and Simmons are both trying to contest it. The ball hits the rim, bounces up. And I, I was thinking, I was like, oh, we're going to overtime. Then it hits the rim again. And I'm like, oh, okay, this could be interesting. And then I'm like, oh, my God. He's going to make this shot. And it goes in. I jump up. I'm, like, screaming. I'm like, yo, he hit it. Like, I was losing my mind. Um, Steve Holmes, who, who was the uh, announcer? I forgot who did the announcer. He was screaming his head off. It was a great moment. One of the greatest shots I've ever seen in playoff history because it's the first buzzer-beating game-winning shot in a Game 7 in playoff history. It's like the same exact shot Vince Carter missed against AI's 76ers in the early 2000s. Um, so that was crazy. It was a fantastic game from the way that it started. The ending was fantastic. Um, anyway, I want to talk about, like, where did Philadelphia 76ers go from here? Because it's really interesting. Um, the guy, I know Jimmy Butler is a free agent. J.J. Redick is a free agent, and so is Tobias Harris. They're only going to be able, be able to afford two of these players, and they can't keep this roster. This roster does not fit. They have all this talent, but it does not fit well at all. They got to make some tough decisions in the offseason. I think they got to let J.J. Riddick walk. No, actually, they got to let they got to let Tobias Harris walk. Because Harris is so, like, they have so much talent that Harris is such an afterthought that, like, the only time he gets any shots is if the basketball, like, accidentally rolls his way. Um, so, I think they should let him go. So, resign Jimmy Butler. Um, try to re-sign J.J. Redick for, like, a cheap price. Like, don't go over $12 million. Um, he's a little bit expensive now. You gotta, like, like, maybe if you can sign him for, like, $10 million, I'll be fine with that. Um, then I think they gotta decide between Embiid and Ben Simmons. Because they do not fit together at all. Like, Embiid was playing like a two-guard. He was playing like Clay Thompson last night. And it's because Ben Simmons and him do not fit together well. Ben Simmons' inability to shoot a basketball, it kills his team's flow on offense. So Embiid has to play around the three-point line last night because Ben Simmons has to be 
on the low block. And then, when Embiid is in the paint, Ben Simmons can't stand on the three-point line. I don't know why he doesn't, but, like, he's like, oh, Ben, he's like, oh, Embiid is, a he's posting up a guy in the paint. Let me, let me go join him in the paint. Like, no, dude, ben, like, Ben Simmons has no idea what spacing is. And it's so frustrating, because he's such a good player, but he screws up the 76 of spacing on offense, because he can't leave the paint. Like, he's totally useless in half court, in the half-court offense, when, because he, he can't shoot outside the paint. And I don't know how he can't. It's been three years since he's been, like, since he's been drafted. He, this is his third season in the NBA. He's going to enter his fourth season next year. And he still hasn't learned how to shoot a basketball. I don't know how. I don't know what he's been doing in the gym. Like, Giannis has learned how to shoot a basketball. Why can't you? And you had higher expectations coming into the league than Giannis did. So I don't understand how you haven't learned how to shoot consistently from at least 15 feet. Like, no one respects you outside the paint. No one respects you in the half-court offense because you suck. Uh, you're good in transition. Like, Ben Simmons has to go. Embiid, I know Embiid has some health concerns. Um, I understand that. Um, but he's so good. He's like a borderline superstar. If he was healthy, um, I want to see him be good maybe like one more season. Because I think Nikola Jokic, is, he's so close to a superstar. And I think Embiid is getting to that level to where I can consider him a superstar. But he's not there yet. He's got to be healthier. Um, and more consistent. Um, but I like him. Joel Embiid is such a good player. Offensively and defensively. I think they got to roll with him. Um, I think the, the 76ers can trade Ben Simmons. I don't know what they get. Um, I don't know where he even fits. I think uh, a nice play for him to go would be like the Grizzlies. And I, I'd like to see the Grizzlies like start rebuilding. Get rid of Mike Conley. Get rid of Jonas Valanciunas. And just build around Ben Simmons. Um, I, I heard on the Bill Simmons podcast, they talked about the 76ers possibly trading Simmons to the Suns, which I don't like that fit with the Suns from a basketball standpoint. I think it's a terrible fit. It's like honestly an awful fit. Like him and Aiton do not fit well. Would not fit well at all. Um, and I don't really know what what they like the kind of value the Seventy Sixers could get for Ben Simmons with the way that he's performed in the playoffs. His really uselessness in a half court offense. Um, but yeah, they got to get rid of either Embiid or Simmons. And I like the roster they have. I like some pieces they have. Like I like Jimmy Butler. He's kind of the guy they go to in the clutch. Um, he's their closer. I really like him. I love Embiid. So I, I'd like him if they can keep those two. Um, they got to get rid of Ben Simmons, in my opinion. They got to fire Brett Brown. Get a coach who actually knows how to utilize his team. And you know what? I don't think they have to get Ben Simmons. Um, I think they could keep Ben Simmons and have him come off the bench. I think that would be a really nice role for Ben Simmons. Like, say he played 30 minutes coming off the bench. I think that would be a nice role for him. Um, but you can't play him. He cannot be on the court at, at the same time as Embiid. He just can't. Like, that's not a good role for him. They don't, they don't, they can't coexist. Um, so you got to keep them off the court. Uh, you can't play them at the same time. They just don't fit. 
Um, and I don't, I don't even think Simmons has to be traded. They just got to get a coach who knows how to utilize him properly, who knows how to like, like, kind of get them, get the minutes distributed to where Ben Simmons and Embiid can coexist properly. And I, I, they need a coach who knows how to utilize Ben Simmons' strengths. Simmons is a great, he's great in pick and roll as a screener. I wish Brett Brown would use him more in that kind of role, but he doesn't. Because Brett Brown doesn't know how to coach. He's a mediocre coach. This is his last season. Like, he's not going to be back. So, it'll be inter- interesting to see uh, if, who they decide between, who they, who they decide to keep between Embiid and Simmons, or if they decide to get rid of one of them. Uh, but they got to get rid of Harris. Then after they make that move, they got to get some, they got to get some shooters. They got to get somebody to come off the bench because their bench is a little bit weak. So I'd like for them to get some, somebody to come off the bench. Be, play, be nice in that sixth man role. Um, but yeah, they got to make some moves because they cannot keep this roster. This roster just does not, it does not fit well together. Um, I think they got to get rid of Ben Simmons. Trade him, possibly get some value for him. Get like a pick and a young player, um, or maybe even get a point guard who fits better with Embiid and Butler. Because I think if they get a point guard who can shoot, they can be really good. Get rid of Harris, uh, bring in some nice role players, um, get a point guard who can shoot and can be consistent as a starting point guard. Somebody you can rely on. And I'd really like that tra- like that roster. I think that roster would be much better. Than this roster because this roster just all the all this talent it does not fit together and they can't coexist. So that's my opinion on on the 76ers. Now I want to talk about Kawhi Leonard's future in Toronto, and even if he like if he even has a future in Toronto, um I don't think he's gonna stay in Toronto. Um I know Nick Wright says said on Twitter on on the air that he thought that this shot that he's he's like that game winner was the type of shot that'll keep him in Toronto for the rest of his career, which I think is wrong. Uh, I think I think Kawhi Leonard could or would have possibly stayed if they made it to the conference finals and Siakam and Lowry were better than they were. Lowry not being Lowry being basically really crappy in the playoffs, I think hurt the Raptors' chances of keeping Kawhi Leonard because they basically had to be carried by Kawhi Leonard. Um, to get, even get to the conference finals, uh, to get just to get to a, a game seven, Leonard had to miraculously carry the Raptors to this point. Um, and with Lowry's like inability to perform in the playoffs, I don't think Kawhi Leonard wants to stay. Um, he didn't want to stay before, and I don't I don't really understand why he would want to stay now. So I don't see him staying in Toronto. I see him going to a place like the Clippers. Um, Maybe even the Brooklyn Nets, but I do not see him having a future in the Raptors. With the Raptors, I think this is it. Um, this will be his final uh, final season. This will be his one and only season in Toronto, and I think this upcoming series will be his last game or his last series in Toronto. This will be the last we see him in a Raptors uniform. Um, I also want to give my predictions for, for the next round because those games will be happening. Uh, those will be coming up, and the conference finals will be starting uh, with the Warriors and Trailblazers. I'm gonna go with the Warriors in five games because Durant's probably gonna be out two games. 
Uh, I, I think the Warriors will win at least one game at home. I expect them to win at least one game at home. Um, maybe split the games at home and then win the rest of the games. Um, I think I, I love the way they play without Durant. I like the ball movement. It's a lot better. Um, I like I like the way they utilize the Draymond Green, Steph Curry pick and roll at the end of Game 7. They like kept running that at the end of the game, and it kept working. So I like that dynamic. I like I like the variety that that brings to the table. Uh, the Green Curry PNR is really nice. Um, but I just think that like Golden State has way too much talent to lose to the Trailblazers. I know that Lillard and McCollum um, are great players, and the Trailblazers have surprised many. They've they've surprised me with how well they played in the playoffs. Um, I've been surprised by the performance of Enos Cantor and Zach Collins. Um, Evan Turner was nice in Game Seven against the Nuggets. So I think they could give the Warriors a run in like maybe a game or two. But there's no way the Trailblazers win this series, especially if DeMarcus Cousins returns. Uh, I just don't see them winning the series at all. I got Golden State in five. Uh, I only the only reason I have Golden State losing a game is because Durant will be missing probably two games. If he were missing maybe one game or none at all, I'd have the Warriors sweeping them. But with his absence in two games, I expect the Warriors to possibly drop one game. Uh, but I would not be surprised if they sweep the Trailblazers. Now on to the Bucks Raptors series. Um, I like this matchup. I think it would have been maybe a little bit more fun to see this dysfunctional 76ers roster with so much talent go up against the Milwaukee Bucks. But I, but this is the matchup I predicted before the playoffs started. I had the Raptors and the Bucks meeting up in the conference finals. And this is going to be a sad, sad series for the Toronto Raptors. I have the Bucks winning in five games. Uh, I don't, this is not a good matchup for Toronto. Uh, the system that the Bucks have implemented with Kawhi, with Giannis and all these three-point shooters around him, it's really nice. Like, they, they they work so well. The 3 and D system the Bucks have, it's so good. Like, it work, it's so fluid, and it all works out so well. And, I, like, with Giannis being so unguardable one-on-one, and we try to trap him, he's got all these shooters around him. So it's really hard to defend the Bucks, and I really like them. Giannis can single-handedly carry them offensively and defensively, so I like the Bucks. And then Toronto, I don't like if Lowry and Siakam are not at, like just uh, if they don't perform better in that in this series, the Raptors have no chance, and they're going to get swept. Literally cannot carry the Raptors to a victory. In this series, he just can't single-handedly carry them offensively, in my opinion. I mean, I think he can lead them offensively, but I don't think he can do that and it lead to wins. Um, I don't think that they can continue to just, like, ask Leonard to do to just carry the load offensively and be really their only option to score. Um, I think Siakam's got to be better. I expect him to be be good in this series. Kyle Lowry, my expectation, my expectations for him are so low now that he can score like 15 points, and I'll be happy. Um, if he if he just has like a 15 uh, five and five like average for the conference finals, I'll be really happy with that because he's been so disappointing in the last few playoff series um, he's been in. 
Um, but yeah, so I get the Bucks winning in five games. Uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe Kawhi and Siakam Lowry will somehow find a way to be good for one game and perform well enough together to get a W. But I don't see this being a long series at all. Bucks in five. So then we would have a NBA Finals matchup between the Warriors and the Bucks. I'm not going to predict that now. I want to see how these Conference Finals will play out. Um, and, and then I'll give my predictions for the NBA Finals. Let me see how long. Alright, I've been talking for 32 minutes. Let me, I actually want to talk about something. Because we got a, a great free agency class coming up. And I was thinking about, like, what the 76ers could do. And what the Warriors could do in free agency. Because if Durant leaves, the Warriors could be better than they are now. Like, I'm not kidding. They're probably going to lose Durant and DeMarcus Cousins. And in that situation, they would have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Iggy as their core four. Kind of the same core four they had in 2015 and 2016. Um, so I really like that. Then they could add a guy, add like a couple of shooters, add some role players, get a new backup point guard. Because Sean Livingston, he's not been that great. His age is showing. They can't roll with Quinn Cook as a backup point guard. He's been awful. Kevin Looney has been really, really good in the playoffs. He's earned himself a nice contract. I can see him getting paid like $10 million this summer, and he deserves it for the way that he's played. I mean, he outplayed Capella. Capella sucked in the playoffs. He was awful. Like, he was like, I want the Warriors. Then he got the Warriors, and he didn't show up. So, I don't know what his deal is. And I think there's so many Clint Capellas in the NBA. Like, there's so many guys who can rebound and throw down alley-oops and there's so many big men who can be good and pick and roll like Clint Capella is like an expensive Dwayne Dedman from the Atlanta Hawks that's basically what he is um so I think I, I I don't know I don't understand how he got outplayed by Kevin Looney but he did so Looney's gonna get a nice contract from the Warriors and then if Durant and Cousins leave that gives the Warriors uh like $30 million to spend, so they can sign Looney, re-sign him. Um, they can possibly get... I don't know if Jarebko is a free agent. If he is, they can bring him back. Let me actually look this up. Cause I, I don't know uh, what free agents they have. Uh, but one guy I think they could add, and I think this dude is like an X-Factor free agent, and that's Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton would be a nice addition for a lot of playoff teams. Like, if he decides to not stay with the Bucks, which I, I fully expect him to do so, I think he'll stay in Milwaukee. Um, but if he doesn't, like, he could sign with the Warriors. I think that would be a nice place for him to go. I also think he could go and join the Nuggets. Um, I really like him on the Nuggets. I think he could be a nice co-star, a nice sidekick for Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. I think that would be a nice little big three that they would have in, in Denver. Uh, but I think that Middleton is like that low-key free agent. He's kind of underrated. And I think he, like wherever he goes, he can be a really a, a key piece on some contenders next season. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's look up the Warriors free agents. Because I know they have a lot. Uh, but let's see. I think they have, is it 10 free agents? They have a lot. Uh, but let me look. They have, like, it's like a ton of free agents they have. So here, they got Kevin Durant. He's got a player option. 
They got Clay Thompson. I expect them to re-sign him uh, for the max. Quinn Cook, you can let him go. You, Jonas Jerebko, I like him. I think you can re-sign him for, the, for a cheap price. Then they got Kevin Looney. Jordan Bell, they may want to bring him back. He didn't play a whole lot in the playoffs. So I don't know what they want to do with him. Um, then they got Eric Blood or Andrew Bogut. Almost said Eric Blood. So Andrew Bogut, Damian Lee, Marcus Derrickson. So they want to bring back Clay Thompson. Um, I think they 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 want to bring back Kevin Durant, but I think they'll be fine if he walks. Then um, let's see who, who could they get because they need some nice shooters, some nice role players. So they could get. Uh, let's see, they could get Daniel House from the Rockets possibly. Well, he's a restri- he's a restricted free agent. Let's see, uh, Mohan Bogdanovic possibly. He's a nice shooter. Then let's see. Uh, I don't I don't know all they could afford with Durant and Demarcus Cousins leaving, but I'd like them to sign Chris Middleton and possibly um, another shooter, another role player. Um, they need a point guard. Like, if they can get Goran Dragic, possibly, for a cheap price to come off the bench, um, maybe if he decides to leave the Heat, I think Goran Dragic could go to, like, the 76ers or the Rockets or the Warriors. If he decides to take a massive pay cut, I'd like that for the Warriors. Um, let's see. There's not a whole lot that the Warriors can get. They can maybe even get George Hill. Oh, no, he's not, he's a free agent next season. Uh, uh, Alfred Payton, maybe, just to be a playmaker off the bench. I don't know, but I really think, I think they'll be in a prime position to make some nice moves, and they will still be um, at the top of the league, even if Durant left. They can, they can sign Chris Middleton, or maybe even, like, let's see, Bogdanovich. Uh, they got to re-sign some guys already on their roster. But really, I, I just think they'd have to get some some shooters um, and a backup point guard, and they would be fine. But anyway, this is all I really have to talk about. It's all I had to say. This isn't a long podcast episode. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this, and I'll see you all next time. Peace.